Welcome back, GPS to God. We're glad that you're here. Daniel Sanders, Zach Edson, checking the phone. Business never sleeps for some people. <laughs> Ryan Gotro, Ty Dean, and I hope you guys ate your Wheaties, had a good breakfast, had a little bit for lunch because you need the energy up because we got our guy, yep. Ryan Kumar, back on the air with us. Ryan, thanks for jumping on, man. <laughs> Let's go, guys. If I can hear a round of applause, I can hear it in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we could edit that in, give a little clap. <laughs> You know, you can reach us on Instagram, check out GPS to God there. You can uh, email us, mailroom at gps You might want to send some questions to Ryan after you hear some of this stuff we're about to dive into today. He was on before. He talked about some money. We're going to talk about that again today, some, some cryptocurrency, digital ghost dollars, whatever you want to call it. But uh, I, I should have checked the numbers today, but we're going to get into that too. But Ryan... What's been new, man? What's been going on? Man, a lot. A lot has been going on. So I wanted to kind of break some news with you guys. Um, but today is actually very coincidental day from like the last time we did our podcast. It was the FOMC last time and this time. So, you know, I don't know if it's a coincidence, <laughs> some type of move. <laughs> uh, but also today was a really big day in the UFO world. Do you guys hear about what's happening at the UFOs? Uh, I saw the uh, congressional hearings, hearings about it. But, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually led by a representative who's out of uh, Tennessee, uh, Representative Burchett. Look at us you Tennesseans go. Hi, he knows. He knows. He stays up on <laughs> on modern day. I mean, we're we're over here digging up, you know, UFO parts and hiding them, and now the government's saying that we have done that. And it Crazy. is real. Yeah. You guys think it's real? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh, I think gosh. I think this is what I don't think aliens necessarily, are real, but I think the technology that we have we might not know how it works. Like it might be some foreign technology that they have that they're tr still trying to figure out how it works. They don't know where it came from, how it got here, like what it, but I don't think it's, I think it's some other country or, or we just created it and they're studying it. Somehow. That's, that's my personal opinion. The doctoral of Tadine. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I do think <laughs> they have some crazy technology they're not telling us about, but. I've seen okay. a lot of crazy technology when I used to be a cool guy in the army and, uh, <laughs> Yeah, there's always more than what you what you know about. I can remember well, this is a long story, but I can remember on my honeymoon in Hawaii, a it kind of looked like Epcot Center, like a golf ball on this concrete pillar that was not there the day before. And this guy come out and said, "Oh, don't don't worry about that. That's just a missile detector that can detect a basketball 500 miles away." And I'm like, "That's great technology, but why is it here? Like, what what, what are <laughs> we doing? Why is it coming out of this close to this?" No, I was okay. gonna say out toward Ryan, like. If you're in Arizona and different places, they have border patrol balloons that, I mean, they look like a spaceship, right? When you're away from them. And it's like, what in the world is that? Because they're attached to the ground by a cable, but you can't see that, right? You just see this thing kind of floating in the and air. if you don't know any better. Yeah. Right? Some dude from Tennessee is like, that's a UFO. Right <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some redneck. <laughs> some redneck. That's right. See? Missing their front teeth or something. <laughs> Man, all right. I, I'll, I'll play the, uh, the other side for you guys. I, I have this crazy theory that um, it's like a ridiculous theory. I think the most ridiculous theory that I've ever come up with. And it's it stems from like UFO, like, you know, like reverse engineering. So pretty much there's like a concept that like we started the whole, you know, back engineering with UFO. They do exist, and it's not propaganda, um, in like the 1940s and 1930s, right? And, you know, if you look at history, 
like if you see like a like a, the growth trajectory, like you know, human civilization it goes up a little bit. You know, we have the industrial revolution. We have like you know, it comes from the invention of wheels to you know your day to day industrial revolution to you know now we have steam engines and we have cars, etc. But then we we hit this massive incline, right? Where it's like, okay, we went from you know your Ford Model One to now we have <laughs> you know the Tesla Model One, right? In in a whole span of maybe 50, 60, 70 years max. Um, and I just think that it's a very rapid like incline, right? Like if this is like a crypto or like a stock, right? Like that went from zero to one hundred. Yes, we're in a bubble. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. It's gonna come down. Um, but my my theory is crazy theory is that you know the transistor which is like representing uh, like actually the most core like important technology that you know your microphone has my laptop has my cell phone has actually might have stemmed from one of these technologies that they found if it's true that's what my thought thought process is and that we just like reverse engineered it and you know that and we gave it to bell labs which is now 18 today and they reverse engineered it yeah so that's I'm my theory theories. i'm all about some theories why not that needs to be a, <laughs> it's fun to talk about that needs to be an episode we do just like just conspiracy random. theories yeah, conspiracy. just random yeah, there you go we're doing it that's right we're doing it right now baking it in this is the intro to that that's gonna be a whole episode we got other plans for this episode right we're, we you know we gotta count up those uh ideas there we can't stockpile them all at one shot mm. Mm. But uh, yeah. let's. Last time you were here, we talked about a lot of uh, cryptocurrency, different thing. I mean, it was a great episode, right? Lot, lots of education for, for me and for you know everybody. But a lot of uh, I don't know how to say this in a nice way. Older people, right? Older generations where that, that stuff doesn't catch on as easy. But you <laughs> you said some advice you gave. Drop some money in Bitcoin. Whatever it is, $100, $1,000, drop some money in Bitcoin. Come on, Ron. Take, take it, some credit it, right now because you know it, how it's done. It's you know how it's you done. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this was in February. I went and dropped some money in Bitcoin. So I'm going to give a update. This is five months almost to the day. Five months almost to the day since I dropped some money in Bitcoin. I'm up 25%. Let's go. Uh, 25%. Yeah. That's, so that's, annualized, that's 50%, right? We're halfway that's a good in. year yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say I was up 26% about two weeks ago, Zach and I were talking about it. But I'll take the 25. You know. As you should. As you should. So you, there, there, send, yeah. him a, send him an invoice, Ryan. Yeah. Just go ahead. Yeah. I got you. I got you. That, that'll be uh, 20%. Yeah. <laughs> so now you're up five. It, it's ghost dollars. You know, it's all ghost dollars. More than he had. That's right. Right. But there you go. We're, you know, we're bringing you good information. We try 25% right there. You could have had in five months, 25% gains. That's nice. That's nice. What, what's the tax rate on that? It depends on your income bracket. And when you pull it out. <laughs> yeah. you gotta, that's a whole different episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's going to stay there for a while. Oh, I mean, you should, you should just be charging advice. I mean, you need another income stream. Yeah, that, I could. I could just add it in. You know, that that's that's the whole goal. I could be financial advisor. I think I got to retire. You know, and then you know, my my goal is like uh, become a trillionaire at the age of sixty, and then I'll do it. You know, what I mean? wow. Well, why, why even work? You're throwing out 
trillion. I'm just trying to trying to I'm just kidding. figure out a comma here. I, 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 think, I think he said he when he retires, he wants to do what you do. I, I know. That See, it's, it's a yeah. simple thing. See, your job is pretty easy, Zach. Yeah. You know, people are retiring. Come on. We've been, Ryan, say, we didn't we've like been saying started. it for so long. It's almost like the MLS messy coming over, the retirement league. It's, uh, that's kind of what your job is. I know. I know. Okay. No, I, I think that uh, – I think financial literacy is so important though, right? Like everybody kind of brushes over it. It's like, okay, like I can buy a couple stocks here. I'm gonna buy a meme stock and then kind of let it rock. And just, that's like the expectation every single time. But it, honestly, like, you know, Zach knows and you know, Ty, I know you were exploring into crypto as well last time. It's more so like about like making the right decisions, right? Like making your, your decisions the right you know, thinking about the things correctly when it comes to like investing, making sure like what you invest in is like something that you believe in, you're knowledgeable about, and actually spend time researching it on. You know, like maybe if you buy a Dogecoin and go up and you know you you become a Dogecoin millionaire. Uh, but I think it's beyond that. It's about like making the right decisions, whether it's crypto, whether it's stocks, or whether it's just your life decisions. Right? Like every day that we spend time on something, like you guys are spending time on this podcast right now. Um, it, it has like a transactionatory like uh, effect, right? Like I put input in, in terms of my like time, right? And then I, I expect something out of it, right? So we're either gonna get some dope content out of this, great jokes, great relationships, great uh, memories out of it. Um, and then also hopefully some views, right? Um, and then outside of that, it's like, you know, there's, there's the cost which comes to time. So I think if people just make better decisions in terms of, you know, how they look at things and put, you know, their money, um, you know, backed by decision-making processes like that, they're going to be way better off. Right. You know, hundred um, percent. but not because yeah, like, not you think about like that, what you own. I, I mean, I think about like my clients and when I tell them, you know, I am not a stock picker, right? Like I invest in things that I know that I can explain. And, you know, you, we all pull out our phones and my number one holding is Apple, right? Like everybody knows what that is. I can explain it. Um, but you're not going to find me out there looking for the next cure for cancer. Like I'm not looking for biotech stocks that are going to, you know, change the world. Uh, it's not what I do. And so if you believe in it, it's much easier to put money in it. I mean, so for you, it's much easier for you to buy into crypto. You understand it. You can talk about it. No different. Yeah. And, and you see like a lot of different people like buying into exactly what you said, biotech. Like uh, I had worked with this company back in the day, like uh, Garden Health. Like I remember before they IPO'd and like then the IPO'd and it was like this crazy stock, right? And I think they were like one of many companies in South San Francisco that are like, you know, these biotech startups that have like these crazy stocks, right? Like I heard biotech's one of like the craziest, you know, volatile um, markets when it comes to those stocks, right? And I think that if you're a day trader, for sure, that's like what you want to do day in, need, day out. Need right? movement. Like, Got to have movement. <laughs> leverage. 100x leverage, right? Like 100x leverage every single day. We're going to see something happen. Um or, you know, or you're like somebody who's like wise, like Zach, and who's playing the long game and is really well, right? I think those are two different games. He just used know? the term wise. Did you that's right. I heard it. <laughs> the audio cut out on yeah, the yeah. <laughs> No, I know what it meant. <laughs> no, but I, I think that's really, way. I think that's really important too. What you said is like how much time you put into it is what you're going to get. Like you, you have some people, like you said, they'll just go put money into a, because meme currency, you know, because they just hear about it and maybe it blows up, but that, that's almost like 100% luck. And there is some luck, even if you do your research. I mean, you got to get lucky. 
But it, it looks but if at you the have same a method, time, right? right? Like if you, you get burned or you win, you have a method, right? Uh, versus just gambling, right. right? Just throwing it out there, right? And so you you put the time in, like, look, I've done my research here. I've done my, I know, like you said, I know about Apple. I know about this, so I'm comfortable if it does lose some, right? But that's the other thing. It's it's almost complete gambling versus what you were talking about, like financial literacy and putting the time in, putting the research in, and kind of understanding for yourself. Yeah, and do, do you mind if I take it like a little bit deeper? Ty, like oh. uh, going into like just a little bit deeper on this. Oh, yeah. um, we don't mind if time minds. We don't mind. I like it. This is go deep. <laughs> yeah. Well, my thing is, is like there's two types of investing, right? And what I'm focused on today is a little bit different than your average investor. And 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 I also, this is a problem that I want to solve. So starting a new company and tell you guys about, about that later. But this is like one of the problems that we want to solve. Like what you see today, like your apples today, you know, like your garden healths or like those companies that come out IPO stocks, those are already hundred X's that you're buying into, right? Those are like venture capital firms have already pumped money into them. They've already come to certain infliction points. They've gathered enough funding, resources, revenue to essentially go public on the public market. They apply to the SEC and now they're boom on NASDAQ, right? Then they That's let like the, the little process. guys in, right? After, after the money's already been made. <laughs> exactly. You're already getting in at 100, 100x, right? And then now they're dumping on you, really. You know, but you, you know, they, it can go up further from there as well as it typically can. But those early investors are exiting at 100x, and all you're making is two, three, 10, 20x, right? Those are the those are the best investors in the world, right? And it's not because they make the right investments, but it's the right investment vehicle. And um, I see that that's like actually like a that's actually a defeating way to kind of look at stocks today for like retail people like us that want to buy into like, you know, high performing companies that are going to do things. So I do see a world in the future where you can start buying, you know, stocks of pre IPO companies, because if people that are, you know, invested, uh, you know, investment savvy and either accredited investors, because sometimes you have to be accredited to do this, um, you know, pick the right stocks. Like those are fortunes that can be made if you buy like, the right pre IPO stock. Um, and I think that like there's secondary markets out there right now, but I think there will be secondary markets that open up later on where you can kind of get like open AI stock or even companies that are way below that in terms of early stage startups that you can take early risks on um, that I think is going to be really interesting to see. And it's going to start being a paradigm shift um, for investors and investments uh, moving forward. So I think like the whole investment game is going to change too. And I think that these retail investors are going to have more power um, than just buying these hundred X's that are on the IPO. It's almost uh, kind of what phases. It's almost kind of like what Robinhood tried to start, right? Allow the retail guy to buy fractional shares to where you couldn't afford a full share of Berkshire Hathaway, but maybe you can afford a quarter of it. And so you, you can see the movement of you know down the road of that coming into light. So you're saying you like Robinhood now? <laughs> no, I didn't say I like Robinhood because I don't like anybody that tells me, "Oh, well, sorry, you can't trade that amount of shares today because we don't have a market for it." No, no. I think they did away with that though, right? They got in trouble for that, or not in trouble, or got backlash and, yes absolutely because so they they're like saying hey you're trying to trade all these shares but we we don't have the flow we, we don't have the cash on both ends to do it so we'll just prevent you from trading that's never going to happen out of merrill or bank of you know any big firm goldman sachs it doesn't matter um they're Rob, never going to prevent i mean robin hood if you would like us to sponsor robin hood <laughs> you can email us <laughs> mailroom at gpstheguy.com <laughs> well, my, i'm just telling you i bought bitcoin on robin hood that's fine but you bought a fractional share right yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't have twenty five grand to, yeah. to drop so on. Th so that allows you to do that, whereas you couldn't do that 
you know, if you're out there buying just, yeah. I need a full coin. Yeah. No. I mean, I, some, some of us little little guys can't afford Zach Etz and Enterprises over here. To- <laughs> I have said I'm the retail investor here. <laughs> I think that's important too because there's so so many companies that I've seen where like a couple of years ago, I saw this haptic feedback company and they were building like a glove, you know, that could you could put on the VR headset and then you could play a game, but with the glove on and you could feel what was going on in the game. And I was like, that is such a, I mean, it's super expensive right now. The technology, it was like super heavy, heavy a heavy glove. Like it's not where it's going to be, where the retail investor is going to be like, oh, I'm going to go buy that and go use it in my game. No, but like, like you're saying, start out investing now in that company and then look where it's going to be in five, 10 years. And then I'm going to, you know, like you said, go instead of 10, 20, I'm going to be 100, 500 times whatever I invested. But at the same time, I didn't have enough money to go and say like, hey, I want to invest your company. Like, okay, where's your millions of dollars? Like right. I got like 500, right? Like $500 that I need to, yep. that I want to throw in here. But because I know in the future that 500 is going to be way more, but they're looking for Yep. You know, this this huge lump sum that I don't have right now, even though I see the idea, I see the potential, but I just can't invest in it. Well, and no, no VC is going to take you either, no. right? Because they, they want the accredited investor with a minimum of, let's say, 100000 but most of them are north of that. And so there's no way to get the retail guys in on the front end right now, right now. But wouldn't it be so yeah. much better for those companies if they could get like come together and say, OK, instead of one venture capitalist over here that's taking I mean, I'm getting a ton of money here, but I'm going to go and get these millions of people here to give me. No, they don't want the headache. You, know, that's, you can measure like all the K-1s that they got to issue to you. Or well, that's what one. I'm saying. But you have like you saying, you have a company that does that for you. Mm-hmm. And then that then you can be like, oh, I can have. We're on the air. You don't want to be giving away these million dollar ideas. All this information is, is copyrighted. Yeah. <laughs> no, but what Ty is saying, it is happening now. We're starting to see that now. Like we're seeing these infliction points where um, in 2012, there's an act called the Jobs Act that was passed um, by the Obama uh, administration that allowed companies to actually take in funding from retail investors via crowd CF which has been a game changer. So you're seeing companies come out of the woodwork like Nightscope that like actually did their entire funding round that entirely funded it through CrowdCF, which is, uh, you know, um, crowdfunders, uh, crowdfunding. Essentially, like you can still buy their stock on like, you know, uh, Start Engine, which is a platform and actually just put in $500 rather than having VCs do it. And kind of like what Ty said is like, yeah, the addressable market for those investors is way bigger than your one check from VCs that may not even get it. I've talked to so, I'm sorry, this is going to sound kind of crazy, but I've talked to so many VCs before and a lot of their team members are investing in things that they had no idea. When NFTs first came out, I was pitching to VCs about like, you know, hey, we have this infrastructure platform where you can develop your own smart contract and launch any NFT on any blockchain, you know, um, and they were like, what's an NFT? That's I'm right. like, bro, I'm on a call <laughs> yeah, with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hold up. They, they are good at gathering money. They don't know yeah. what, what, where to put it, right? It's like, that sounds good. Yeah. And, and that's why we're like, I think the crowd CF side of things and like getting those people in to actually get it. Like Ty, he, he liked that technology. He wanted to invest in it, um, is going to break the barrier. And it's actually going to change a lot of things. A lot of people, people don't, don't know about it. I didn't know about this until maybe, you know, six months ago. And that's leading me into my ne- next venture, um, which I guess we can talk about later. 
but it's more so focused on like how we can build these companies um, and actually raise more, you know, from potential customers, people who believe in and can advocate for these things uh, later on. And then also just put in like $500 or like $1,000 if they really want to invest in these things um, and then actually get that upside return of whatever it could be. But also they get the downside if it doesn't work out as well, right? There's, there's equal risks in this. Um, but I think that the potential for these companies to have control of their narrative, because how many companies are there that, that today that try to pitch to VCs, have the right product, have the right team, but the people on the receiving end don't make the right decision, right? Now you're crushing dreams, things aren't done. <laughs> and I think it gives power to a lot of entrepreneurs that don't know this is possible, but can get customers and advocates and investments prior to them um, even getting to VC or going to VC um, and then even supplementing uh, or completely replacing VC money with your, you know, your average investor. So I think it's going to be a game changer. So Ty, great example, man. I love it. Don't give him any bonus points right there. What's <laughs> 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 so up? Do we do like one of those do 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 uh, for him to that, talk about his new venture? That's a Russell thing. We're we're going to tease that a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> you talked about like the cool technology and stuff. Uh, have you guys seen the uh, movie Ready Player One? No. Oh my! Yeah, oh, you haven't seen no. Ready Player Dude, a, One? It's a oh very good movie. No, I don't think I have. So it, it's it's a no shocker. I don't see any <laughs> movies. This guy doesn't see here. any movies. So <laughs> I know. Look, I haven't seen the movie, but I've seen the little graphics. Like it's, I know what it's about. Yeah. yeah so it's a great movie. It's, yeah. How, it's how old is it? Uh, it's five years old. Yeah. But oh, so it's recent. Okay. It's an animated movie. But it's about uh, the future. It's a throwback. It has lots of 80s uh, and early 90s kind of uh, callbacks and stuff. But it's set in the future. And basically, uh, it's like VR. Like, there's a VR world. So everybody comes home, and they put on the headset. I know what it means. Stop. Yeah. I was just making sure you caught that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you're, you're, I mean, you live, work, play in this VR world, right? And they have companies that employ people that just do things in the VR world and whatnot. But... They have, you, you put the headset on much like we have today that, you know, looks similar, but they have body suits on almost like a wetsuit. You put it on and you stand on a treadmill, an omnidirectional treadmill. So the treadmill, you can go any direction, yeah. you play games, play sports, race car, do all this kind of stuff all in a VR world. It's like the And you have avatars, different characters. You can make money. You can spend money, upgrade stuff, whatnot, all in the huh. VR huh. space. So really wow. Good. It's a, it's it was a, a book it's first. It's a cool movie. Okay. It, but it's a really good It's the metaverse. The yeah, metaverse. It really is. No, it's they it have really a different is. name for it, but yeah, they, it's the exact same thing. They call the it the Oasis. Same. Yeah. The technology in that movie, when you watch that, you're like, that's not far away. We could have that right. anytime, right? We already have the VR headsets. Some of the treadmill stuff. Some of the treadmill stuff developing. I've seen it. videos of people like that where they almost have like a bar around them to keep mm -hmm. them from falling off mm -hmm. of it. But yeah. When you see that kind of technology and stuff, you're like, oh, we, we, that's coming. That's going to be here soon. So, like, I, I think the next big leap, right, is like flying vehicles. Like, am I going to be around oh, yeah. to see it? And, you know, I never thought I'd see, you know, Teslas or uh, self driving cars. Like, I, but you can see it now. You, you can see it. No, I think self driving cars, um, <laughs> the funny thing is, like, the self driving cars are cool until, like, we're the threat on the road, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> 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 You're like, okay, the humans driving. We can't trust him. He might be drunk. You know what I mean? Like autonomous systems must be in lock at all times. We'll never drive again. 
Well, and I, I think about when I was out there the first time that we met uh, and just seeing those cars with like all the cameras around them. That was the first time that I'd ever seen that. And wow. just seeing them, nobody's in the car. I'm like, what are you talking about? There's nobody in the car. There he goes. I just thought it was yeah. just the craziest thing. There was, you know, um, I got introduced to this a while ago. So I've been kind of lucky uh, just to be early on the um, autonomous vehicle space. So I worked with a lot of different autonomous vehicle companies back in the day. So I kind of got to like the know the nitty gritty of like how these things work and they're highly complex. Like uh, the jobs that it requires are like the, the people required to like build these systems are super complex. Like there's like simulation engineers that like have to simulate things. And there's like people who have uh, perception, which is like a part of um, AI. Uh, and then there's also like machine learning, computer vision, deep learning, all these different like types of like sophisticated engineering problems that go on into autonomous systems. And it's crazy, but you know, that's where we were like five, six or five, four years ago. And I think that where we're at today is going to be exponentially higher, better. And I think that like, uh, autonomous vehicles are coming. Like I'm excited. Like I can't wait to put my hands on one and get, get actually on the road with the Tesla ones are cool. I think it's like a good teaser, but I think like, uh, we're going to get some cool ones soon. Hopefully, you know? Like that, that's the goal. Like I want to be, I want to go in, I want to be in a space where it's like just an autonomous vehicle lane. I'm going hundred miles per hour, per hour, 120 miles per hour. Like that's the goal, you know, take me to my destination in that lane. I, I don't know. I can see that happening. And then somebody in the other lane falls asleep, veers in your lane. And then we just have mass chaos. <laughs> that's it. <yeah. laughs> AI is going to be so smart. It's going to anticipate that. Yeah. And it's not even going to be there when that car swerves. Yeah. I, I can see it. Yeah, I mean, even like true. our cars now, like it tells you when you get so close that it starts braking for you. So, yeah. I mean, it can't be that far off. But so this was yeah, crazy. Dude. This was a couple of years ago, riding with a buddy of mine. And it was like an hour, hour and a half car ride we were on. He's driving and he's got the cruise control set. And it's not heavy traffic, but there's some traffic. I'm like, hey, man, you're going to start slowing down? He's like, no, the car does it by itself. I was like, he's got the cruise control set and it does every. I was like, this is crazy. This we're, is wild. We're getting there. It's, it's here. So yeah. Yeah. Do you have one of those cars that like exactly like I said, where it like breaks, like if you're too close, mm -hmm. like, I don't know if I could live without that. Like, <laughs> that's going on. Like, I'm so thankful. <laughs> texting and driving. Like, Probably texting me. Two hands, you know, on, on the phone, none on the road. It happens. <laughs> well, we've teased yeah. it long enough. We're, we're, you know, almost 30 minutes into this episode. You've been doing some cool things, man. I've seen you hanging out with Baron Davis and other celebrities, all these guys yeah. and gals. What's going on? What's something new? What what What's happening? What's shaking? What's moving on your side? Yeah, we're bringing the future to life. Uh, that's the main goal. So I've been a little silent since our last podcast. Was that, I guess, in February? Yeah. Like, yeah. So I was like content streak, content streak, and then kind of like I got really, really busy with like this. I, I kind of discovered this at that time, like what I'm about to tell you about right now. And I kind of like went in, down this rabbit hole. Um, pretty much when we talked like early on, GPT was still relatively new, right? Yes. And I kind of saw like uh, what, what like the potential was. And it was like, a, it was more so like, okay, now if this thing can actually code, we have a problem. <laughs> like, like in the software game, anybody in the software game looking at this has a problem. And I think that a lot of people understand it now. Um, especially with like some of the recent updates with GPT-4 where you can actually run right. code and they actually can debug code. Um, but I kind of saw it then where I was like, oh, this is going to be dangerous. Like essentially like 
you're just going to have like a whole bunch of engineers that don't even need to code. All they're going to do is tell the, the GPT what to do, write the code. They're going to test it. And now if GPT can test it, what's the engineer's job going to be, right? <laughs> um, so, you know, people think that it's like a whole bunch of years out where engineers are not going to have to do engineering work, but they're wrong. And I think that we'll we'll see that. And I like to make this a timestamp so people can look back and be like, yeah, Ryan was wrong. Ryan was right. I was right. But I'm 99% sure I'm right. I mean, you're already batting a um, thousand, right? I mean, Bitcoin is up 25%. I mean, one for one. 25%. Well, even, I, I mean, he's talking about uh, Chat GPT. We, we released that episode, recorded that episode in February. And from February to now, at the end of July, Chat GPT has been in the news every single week and blowing up. And you shouldn't have bought Bitcoin. Fun. You should have bought either Nvidia, Google, Apple, or Microsoft. That's all they've been talking about is AI, and you would have done much better than the twenty-five. <laughs> well, yeah, you no. didn't give that advice. I on did the not. Podcast. I did not. <laughs> uh, you know, you can buy secondaries for uh, for OpenAI. You can. Uh, Stocks.com. Uh, but uh, <laughs> don't be giving any plugs uh, here. <laughs> it's not mine. I, I just applied to buy some. So I was like, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's the, uh, that's the thing where it's like, dude, like what's going to happen with the engineers? Like, and then everybody's worried about like their white collar jobs. Like, everybody's worried about the blue collar jobs. Like essentially we may become a society of jobless people. I don't know. Right. Uh, and I think that, we just have to adjust with the technology, but that's, that's why I saw like six months ago, or I guess it's almost six months ago when we last talked, I got on this rabbit hole of like, okay, if engineers, we, we see the Delta where essentially like, you know, engineering tasks and engineering salaries are so high, you know, now it's going to be decreased because now engineers don't have to do as much work. <laughs> what does a Stanford college degree or even a Berkeley degree matter anymore when it comes to computer science, right? Like, you don't need to go to a top school. So now that boom, that barrier is gone. And I think that it's going to change the game where you're going to see a whole bunch of people competing for the same market for different software tools. People already don't pay for a lot of software. And if they do, it's like five bucks, 10 bucks, you know, small, small things. Even B2B SaaS isn't very lucrative because it costs a lot of money to maintain these engineers stuff like that. So I think that there's going to be like a very highly competitive market for different software companies. They're going to be competing against each other. And now you're going to have to start having these apps on your phone that are going to build whatever you buy yourself. Like it sounds kind of crazy, but you'll have apps that are going to come out in the near future, maybe a year or two. Hey, be like, Hey, build me an app that does X, Y, Z. And it will do it. Like you're getting there almost with some of these websites. I had this guy that I work with in, uh, at my office and he built like this AI tool that if you tell GPT to uh, make a website, he's coded it. So GPT can make you a website without doing any code. Like it's getting like that. <laughs> so um, I think that we're going to see a very different future of software tools. It's going to be super beneficial for you and me, because we're going to have a hundred tools to do our podcast setting with our day-to-day -day business. And we're going to enjoy it because it's going to be free. We're going to enjoy it because it's it's going to be a whole bunch of different options and everybody's going to be dying for our market share to use it. But guess what? I was in the software business, <laughs> right? So, uh, <laughs> I was like, uh, I can't, uh, I, I need to recognize what's happening in the near future and I need to future proof myself. Um, so, you know, that got me to thinking of, I'm never going to leave technology because I'm very forward thinking. I love technology. I've always been around. But I know that no matter what happens in the world, food, shelter, entertainment never goes away, right? Like it doesn't matter if we're in the depression, 
right? Like you have, you know, food lines, like it's going to happen. Even if we have Instagram with food lines, there's going to be an HD. Everybody's going to be going <laughs> on their stories. It's going to happen, right? <laughs> like, like it's going to happen. Uh, but food's never going to go anywhere. And then also real estate, those things don't go anywhere. You're always going to sleep, even if, you know, robots do all your work for you, right? So uh, we're always going to have to have a place to live. Uh, uh, Long-winded, but I'm going to end it here. But I came up with this idea of like, I really think that I'm just going to go for the gusto and develop the future myself. Because I think that we're moving to a future where robotics are going to happen, right? We're going to be in this future where robots do everything for us, either on our phone via like AI or in the real world where they bring food or they, you know, go to a warehouse and they pick and pack and do the forklifting for us, or they even build 3D houses or even become construction bots, right? It's going to be a future that we're going to have to foresee no matter what we do. We're never going to be able to contain it, right? The genie's out the bottle. Um, so I was thinking, why don't we unleash the, the genie ourselves and kind of develop it? And then also make it in a way that it's very consumer friendly and and people like it, right? So that's my new vision right now. It's a it's a, a new company called Selfless Ventures, and the main focus is us building out these amazing robotic companies that are you know led and advocated by people who want to invest in the technology early on. People like Ty who saw that glove that wished that they could invest at that time. Here's Opening the, here's the sales people. pitch, Ty. Are you listening right here? Here it <laughs> <Yeah>. comes. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's the goal, right? Like, uh, getting people like like them uh, who, who see the technology, believe in the technology, and invest in it early on, but didn't have you know the resources for like maybe a million dollars to put into the company, right? They can put in their $500, but then we can decentralize it, put it amongst thousands of people, and now we have a powerful company and you know doing it from that side. So we're going to be launching a whole bunch of different companies in the next year, um, at the next 24 months, 12 months. We're going to see a lot of change, a lot of things that we've been working on behind the scenes um, that we're excited to launch. Uh, I know Zach, we, we talked about it in the detail. There's probably a lot more details that I haven't filled you on. Of. <laughs> in on but i wanted to break this news on this podcast because last time i was here i had so much fun and i i really had so much you know um great times with you guys that like that podcast stuck in my head for like months afterwards <laughs> so i was thinking that we uh recreate this moment or create a new moment together and uh, i wanted to share this news so that long-winded but that that's my uh, thought process right there when i was thinking about like when we were in vegas and we were talking about how we have progressed as a society, right? And like, you know, I can think about my grandparents when they had somebody pumping gas for them and now we pump our own gas. And then yeah. when I go to McDonald's and Panera now, I order at a kiosk. Like I, the interaction yeah. of people are, is going away. And then you go to Publix or Kroger, the longest line is the self-checkout line. So now I'm doing my own work there too. And so I can see, you know, some of the things we talked about, um, I think about the robotics at a airport that spins your own cotton candy. Like, I don't need to wait in line over there at the cotton candy store. I go to this machine, it wraps it around, gives it to me, and I go on about my day, right? And it, it's just crazy to think how fast technology has moved. It's happening, right? Like, dude, I was at uh, Blaze Pizza today. There's like a guy making my pizza, and then he's putting different toppings on it. And I was like, 
you're telling me a robot can't do this? And then this guy is probably going to be, he didn't like his job, clearly. <laughs> like, I don't, I feel bad even telling him to, hey, can I have a little ham? No, like, no. <laughs> have, <laughs> give me some ham, you throw some bacon or something on there. You're like, what? Yeah. You know? <laughs> a robot like, wouldn't make no, that mistake. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I don't think these people really like their jobs. But also, Outside of the, them actually not disliking it, but there's a high statistic of 8 million jobs in the last year were not filled by retail positions because no one wants to work the jobs anymore, right? Like, dude, like you can't get a cashier. You have to go to self-checkout, <laughs> right? Like they just don't want to do it because I think there's a lot more opportunities on the internet today that people like don't realize like you can, dude, you can do ice cream so good. Like, you know, have you seen that video? <laughs> I saw it from your Instagram. I was like, what in the world is this? (laughs) Anybody's getting rich these days off social media. So, uh, yeah, man, it's a different world that we live in. And uh, it's going to happen regardless. But I don't know. What do you guys think about, like, robots and stuff like that? Have you seen anything cool like that lately? I saw saw a lot of cool stuff, but it's because my eyes kind of trained to it these days. What do you guys think? Have you seen anything? As you pay for bills now, right? Like, they bring the the card reader to you now, which is, there's a safety issue there. But, you know, we talked about, you know, are sometimes robots going to come out and just basically, here's your food, you take it off the tray and, and here you go. Um, do you think that there'll be a, where you eliminate some jobs as servers, are you replacing them with people that actually program or um, repair robots in some form or fashion? Like, do you see that being a, equal a trade-off a trade-off right i'm I'm giving up job market yeah yeah Yeah, exactly for every robot that's used someone's gonna have to still fill the materials right Mm -hmm. like they're gonna have to put the food in uh there's gonna be a lot of things the robots can't do at least at this early stage so it doesn't like replace jobs it just changes them um you know i don't know what people did before like accounting but i'm sure that they accounted themselves right (laughs) and then like accounting software came out and you know i mean i don't know positions itself like it's no one's going anywhere like and we have governments today we have different entities we have so many different people that are going to make sure that we always are going to be thriving so it's not going to replace jobs but they will be supplemented right like server will move here they'll talk to customers instead you know like i don't know it'll definitely change i see i saw that at the nashville airport and y'all travel more than i do so you'd probably seen this at other airports but you know at the nashville airport they're like um, snack shops, I guess, whatever, convenience stores, they yeah. take, instead of the server or waiter, I don't know what you call them, the checkout clerk, clerk, yeah. check yeah. clerk, they're no longer the checkout clerk. They're like the monitor or the person that just helps you find stuff in the store. Make sure you don't go running out with right. that. <laughs> well, because now, even now, you can pick something up and literally just walk out with it and it scans, mm-hmm. you know, your yes. what you took out. I, I think Whole Foods is trying to come out with that mm-hmm. too. But like, It registers that you have it? Yeah. So that's, it registers that you have it and scans it as you walk out. Like your you digital wallet. Like you, yeah. And you take your, di- so that job, the, the clerk, it wasn't removed. It was a net mm-hmm. even because now he's the person that's monitoring. Okay. Let's make sure the system works and let's see if these people in here need any help. But they're still going to need people to stock the shell, right? Like, I mean, the, I just didn't know if you thought like it, it's a true one for one or, you know, like my dad worked in a factory here at Ford Glass and he was always worried about, well, if these robots come in, you know, it's going to replace what I do of packing this glass. Well, somebody's going to have to make sure the robots there are functioning correctly, right? So um, I, I can see it. I just didn't know, like, hey, we're, we're eliminating us 
and replacing us with one or two of us where it used to take 10 or, you know, whatever the math works out to be. Um, I just didn't know what you thought. I think that it's just going to supplement itself and that's okay. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's going to make a better society for everybody. Like, I don't know what your guys' spending habits are. And uh, like when you consume food or your day to day actions, like anytime I order food, like I'm at work, like I just use Uber eats or the app for Chipotle or Phil's coffee or whatever like that. And I just go pick it up anyways. Like, I really don't like to stand in lines. I don't feel like I love talking to people. I'll talk to the barista, you know, after you made my drink. Thank you so much. Right. Like I appreciate that, but I'm not there to like conversate and I'm not there to wait. I just kind of want to get my product and leave. That is a robot. I've seen my daughter is about to leave for college, be a freshman in college, university of Tennessee. We took a Very tour, dope. uh, a couple months ago. They have robots. I don't know how many they have a hundred, 200, 300, Little robots, it's kind of like a mini cooler on wheels. Oh, yeah, that deliver food. So you order it on, on your phone, it gets somebody puts it inside the, the robot. You hold your phone up and it'll unlock the robot and it delivers it to you in class at the gym and the library, wherever you are. And it also will deliver like t shirts and stuff like that that you order from the bookstore. It delivers all that too. So you, you scan it and then it opens so it knows that it's your, your order basically. Yeah. Yeah, so you see these robots driving down the sidewalk, and yeah. you can't just open it. Like you got to have the the code, whatever the security feature is. You got to have to unlock that it. to okay. unlock it. But the, these things, in Knoxville, Tennessee, driving all over the campus, mm -hmm. wow. all over UT camp. I mean, I saw wow. the two days we were there. I saw four hundred of these things driving around. Like on the street or just like randomly through the grass on the sidewalks? They, I mean, they stay at the sidewalks and, and street. Okay. Like they'll cross the street at a crosswalk <laughs> and it's got a, uh, it's got kind of like a windshield on the front of it, you know, that has cameras and stuff. If it comes into a crowd, it'll stop. It won't run over you. Okay. Uh, but I mean it, and they have like, you a, imagine one of those things flag. just running people over. Yeah. No, I mean, they, they always <laughs> default. To traffic. I imagine, I mean, it's the same concept as like a Roomba, right? Like once it, you know, my Roomba at my house, will go around the house and it'll map out where the floor plan. So it probably maps out the campus. So it knows, okay, crosswalks here. So I'm going here and this is the best route to get to whoever ordered their pizza or books, whatever they. Correct. Ordered. Yeah. And it does have Correct. cameras on. So it has those pre-built maps, but it also has the cameras on it and stuff where it around can the outside of it. So like almost like autonomous cars, right? Like yeah. when I saw that thing driving around, well, they're mounted like inside, I think, okay. but yep. it's, it's basically like a windshield and, and it has cameras on the front of it. They're not going to so, know always where that's how, everything's that's at. That's how it knows where the things people change. Are. That's how it knows not to yeah, run over no people. people. Wow. Yeah. But I mean, you take that campus that has, I, I'm guessing 30,000 students. Oh yeah. That's their everyday life is those robots delivering stuff to them. They're not going to go backwards from that, right? They're going to be moving forward in the future as they go out into the, the real world after they graduate. Correct. They're not appealing to yep. our grandparents. They're appealing, hey, this is what I had at college. Surely I'm not going, I'm not regressing. We're right. not going back. Yeah. So I can yeah. see that. Yeah, no, I, that's definitely the future. I, I've seen those too. Those are cool. Like those are really cool. Like it's like drones. Like it's like <laughs> driving drones. Like those, those it's going to happen. But like you see like how we're talking about it today and we're seeing it like today. It's not common, right? But there will be a day where it's like super common. Like we're, we're going to be using robots for everything, mm -hmm. you know? I, I can't wait till the day though we get like robotic assistance. That's what I want to like definitely create in the near future. Robotic assistance. Hey, like, yo, go cook me some food. Bring it to me. You know, like. Are we talking like I am legend over here kind of thing? He's yeah. talking like he wants an indentured <laughs> service. Like, like, like little butler. Yeah. Like little butler. 
Put a bow tie on it. You, you didn't cook this I'll, right. Yeah. 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 Send it back. Go recook it. Yeah. I'm going to name it. I'll name him Alfred. That's oh, it. Yeah, there you oh, go. Oh, Batman. There we go. <laughs> I mean, Dude, I'm a, I'm a Batman buff, bro. I'm a, I'm a nerd when it comes to Batman. I don't know why. Wow. No, but I wanted to go back to what Zach said. You know, he's talking about a, a robot assistant cooking your food. And Zach's like, hey, you didn't cook this right. Go back and do it again. By the time that happens, that AI is going to be so smart. It's going to know, okay, Ty likes his cooked this way, and his wife Savannah likes it cooked this way, and it's going to cook two different things, and it's going to be exactly the same every single time. Dude, so I was with uh, Baron Davis like two days, yesterday, two days ago. Like he has this cool facility in, um, in L.A., and he was like, yo, we can do some podcasts here and stuff like that. So if you guys ever make a trip out to L.A., we should do it there. That should be one. We should do that. Zach. Road trip? Yeah. I, I mean, you, yeah. you didn't Road trip, have Zach? to sell it anymore, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Don't pull his arm. Let's go. Yeah, because he has like this huge facility he just opened, and it has like all these different podcast rooms. He has like the Hall of Fame room where he has like all this stuff there. Uh, he has like a music studio in there, and he has like – he had an autonomous vehicle there too, which is pretty cool. So I was like, he's always cooking up some cool stuff. How, um, how so did, I just want to hang out with him. How did y'all collaborate or – I mean, how did that come about? Yeah, so we've been good friends for a while now. Um, you know, when crypto was going crazy, crazy, we'd be at all the same event. So we hung out. There's this one time that uh, Baron invited us. So I met him in Texas, actually. And we had this crazy night out. I was with my, my buddies, uh, Merrick, uh, who started the blockchain named Cello. Uh, and then also my buddy named Phil, who started the blockchain or a company called Flow Carbon, which is uh, it raised $70 million. Uh, it's funded by A16Z and co-founded by Adam Newman, who started uh, WeWork. So, like these these guys are pros, right? <laughs> what, what they do. And then we had this guy named Victor Ammer, who has like this cool card. It's like a card that's like a like a credit card, but for crypto. Um, and he invented that, and he he did the whole fundraise for Telegram when they did that huge raise back in the day. So these are like some baller dudes. On the <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I see um out of my corner of my eye, I see Baron. He's just hanging out with some people. And then I introduced them. And then, dude, it was like 11 o'clock when we met. And then we talked to like 5 a.m. in the morning, just talking about crypto and all these cool things. Like somebody's showing their project and we're showing our project. And we just had this long night of just like awesome conversations about like investing and like crypto and NFTs and projects. And it was just dope. Like it was this really good moment. And then, um, you know, anytime he's in some city, we'll, we'll meet up with each other. And one time, the same group of us, we, went, we were in New York. And uh, Baron had this studio session and it's like, bro, it's a small room. It's probably like, you know, like these squares that are on the side of me right now. It's like probably like the same squares. It's like small room, probably eight by eight feet max. It's like a, like 50 people in this room. <laughs> <laughs> like star jeans. Packed. So yeah, that was like, we've had some crazy adventurous nights, but he's like so forward thinking and like really gets it when it comes to different things that are happening in crypto and AI and robotics. So I wanted to talk to him about what we're doing. Super excited. He wants to bring some robots to the facility. He was trying to get me to do it in like two weeks where he has some big basketball game coming in. But I was like, we don't have it ready yet, but <laughs> we're going to do something with him too. So maybe when we do like to get a, like an event in real life, I'd love to have you guys come too. And then maybe we can do like a podcast there. That'd be cool. You know, now that's we're, my thoughts. We're, we're on board. You think no more. It's done. <laughs> Tell us the, the date, the time and the location. We will be there. I got a, I got a real quick question for Ryan. This is like not really topic, but like if you're going and you see, say you're at a crypto event or something like that and you see Jeff Bezos 
Are you, I'm assuming this is who you, are you the type of guy that go, hey man, I'm Ryan, nice oh, yeah. to meet you. Yeah, that, but you, you're not just like, no, nah, let me. it be, let's say, you're the one that's going to go. Just, I want to feel your personality wise. I was like, I, I feel like he's that yeah. guy, but I just wanted to see what you're, what, what would you I, do in that situation? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm definitely going to go say what's up. I, I do that all the time. That's actually how a lot of my connections started off when I first started. All the big people that I ever worked with in the beginning, I, it was just, Ran into them, pitched them, you know, hey, this is what I do. This is what I'm working on. This is how I think I can help you. And they either tell you, yeah, or no, right in that moment. And that's it, you know? Um, so, yeah, definitely Jeff Bezos. I'm going to say what's up. I'm yeah. respect. <laughs> yeah. I figured that was you. I was just, you know, I just wanted to see how, what your thought process was. Because I hear a lot of times, you know, people say, yeah, man, you got to be out there. You got to go introduce yourself. And other people are like, nah, you know, it's their time, you know, they're, but I was like, you know, with the connections he has, he's got to be one of the guys who goes and introduces himself. Yeah. I, I think that you're, I think it's, I think it's a contact sport. You know what I mean? Like it's a, business is a contact sport. It's about how many people you meet, how many people you can, uh, you know, get in touch with. Dude, I just did like my meetings in LA were back to back to back to back to back. Like I had like back, meetings from, Top of the morning from when I was in LA. Then I stayed in San Diego at night. I drove three hours, and then I had my meeting in the morning. I drove three hours back to LA. Had like three more meetings. Like, dude, like, um, I just know the importance of like you just making sure that you're you're touching as many people as possible because you don't know where it leads to, right? Like, somebody wants to do something, and we want to just build a lot. So I think that meeting the right people makes a difference. And had I not had these connections. Um, I wouldn't have had these meetings with these people. And the only reason I had these connections with these people is because I put myself out there. And so it's super important to put yourself out there. You know, I think people just get a little intimidated because it's like, oh, I'm meeting XYZ person, you know, and then they're kind of feel like, oh, this person doesn't know me, but I know that they're at X stature. So many things processing in their head. Um, so I kind of just learned how to like remove that. And I just say, shut up. And I just, well, and, hey, and when you're up? at a when you're at an event like that, it's almost expected, right? It's not like you're at a restaurant and you see them from afar and you want to go over there and interrupt their dinner. Like you're at a an event to network, right? I mean, it's 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 a little different. Uh, I don't know if this is something you want to get into, Ty. Later, like maybe you do want to meet people like in your industry or you know people just that are like minded. I tell this to people a lot that kind of undermine it the most of my connections have always come from like conventions or like conferences and stuff like that because like when you're in conference settings like exactly what, what zach said is like people expect to already meet other people they actually come there to meet other people even if they're high stature right or high status or whatever you think that they are um or you classify them classify them as like they all want to meet people right they're always interested in meeting new people the most successful people i know actually know it ton of people of like all different ranges of people you know so it's like uh just be open and do it you know go to the right conferences meet the right people and just put yourself out there you know yeah talking to you even just one time on the podcast last time you could kind of tell your mindset was that let's i'm just gonna go meet him you know i'm gonna go talk to him you never know what's gonna happen from that one conversation so i mean we talked about him having a three-day camping trip at that's true kanye's ranch (laughs) (laughs) that's right i was hanging out with some of those guys there last night actually when it was one of the high level guys so it's like uh yeah dude like if i didn't meet do that like i wouldn't even be doing this from today they just have like ripple effects you know so selfless ventures can you give us something like what's one thing can is there something you can share be like be on the lookout for this this is something we're working on we have our first uh 
company. It's a robotic coffee uh, company coming out soon. It's awesome. Like this is like you can co- come in fully autonomous robotic coffee. Um, I guess you can call it a store or you can call it a kiosk. Um, you can essentially put your order in with your phone. You can get your coffee. Like think of Starbucks in like 2050, 60. No person, no humans. Essentially, it's, you know, you order your coffee and make some great coffee with a robotic arm. It's very cool. Uh, and it'll serve it to you. And essentially, we're going to do ice cream as well. I think we're going to add ice cream into it at the same time. That's like what we're working on developing as well. So it's going to have ice cream functionality. Um, it's going to have delicious coffee. This is not just like coffee that like, you know, like it can, anything can brew. Like this is really high, high class coffee. I want a luxury feel to it. When you see the machine, it's not something that like looks janky. It's like <laughs> something that you look at and it's like, whoa, this is like looks like the Apple store of coffee, right? Like that's oh, wow. the goal. Um, so it's white gold, beautiful. We have four or five designs too. Um, so we're just working on iterating these designs. And our first machine should be coming within the next couple months here. And we're really excited about it. We have a really awesome location planned out for the first one. Zach knows what we're doing on that side. I can't speak too much, but now my mind just kind of goes to like writing down places of where I want like 10 of them. Like I was in Las Vegas airport. I traveled back and forth to see what's going on in the airport, how many things are going on. And like Ty was saying, it's like these autonomous checkouts are like the norm there almost in airports now. So I want like five in every, you know, terminal. Like that's what I want, like, you know, right now. So that's my mindset right now is like, we want these, this coffee robot out. I want people to experience coffee in a seamless way. Um, something that that's coffee is almost like a religion for people. I don't know. Do you guys drink coffee? I think you, you you put up shop right next to the Starbucks in every airport. And when people see that line 50 deep and they're like, I'm going to give this robot a try. I'm not standing over here. Gold. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I don't care how good the coffee is or how bad it ain't worth spending, you know, 50 minutes waiting on this $10 cup of coffee. Dude, Starbucks coffee does not get me like caffeinated. I don't know if I'm the only one, but it does not work for me. Does it work for you guys? I'm not a big Starbucks guy. I don't guy. go there. I'm not a coffee guy. I don't so. Starbucks. Yeah, this is the wrong coffee. But you drink coffee, right? I'll drink it, yeah. But I just don't What do you Starbucks. drink, Ryan? What do I drink? Uh, it's more like creamer with a little bit of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. you tell me. Hey, I'm simple. Dude, I just do two shots of espresso and milk every day. I have to. Like, that's like, I love it. You know, uh, it opens me up. Is that Dude, before like, you hit the gym or after? <laughs> Dude, after. No, 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 way before. So my day is usually, my, my day is usually... Anytime you see me at the gym, that's midday. That's like before my second shift. So I do <laughs> shift in the morning, gym, and then I'm like exhausted. I drink a little and, and eat a little food. Boom, I'm back to work after that. That's my that's my regimen right now. I moved back to California for the summer just so I can be in grind mode. You know, no no distractions, nothing. I want to get Kobe on, you know. That, that's, that's my goal right now. Is that a Kobe jersey? That, okay. that, that's our guy, Shannon Shorter. He's playing, but where'd you say he's at right he's now? He's in China right now. He's in China right now mm-hmm. playing, getting ready for the Europe League again. So. Dude, uh, a lot of moments oh, happening yeah. in China right now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> You're worldwide. I'm going to start calling you worldwide. Mr. Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> goodness. That used to be my email. Oh, no. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Zach's changing your contact right that's now. That's right. I'm just going to my phone. <laughs> I was just going to say one more current event that's kind of AI centered is the writer strike going on in Hollywood right now. Ah. You know, the, one of the things, or maybe the big thing they're fighting for is protection from AI for writers and actors and digital 
recreations of an actor's work or voice or character or look, whatever. I don't, I don't know what terms they're fighting for or what protections specifically, but that, that's it. That's kind of the bundle. What, what are some protections maybe in the future to keep, uh, you know, intellectual property from being recreated by AI or copied or manipulated? Ron, yeah, before, good you, question. before you answer that, do you, on top of that, do you feel like, uh, cause I'm, I'm in the sports world a little bit and yeah. people to be able to file trademarks and things, do you feel like it's just going to be a litigious world out there of like, no, I said that that's my voice. That's my character. And and we're just going to fight it out in court, or, or is there any way to even track that? Can I flip that and ask you the same thing, Zach? What do you think about that? Because I was going to say that. I was with Darren yesterday, and we were, we were talking about something like how ironic it is that we were talking about AI in L.A. during the writer's strike. Mm-hmm. But what an interesting moment in time. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, Zach. Exactly I just feel like if you've got you the name, image, and likeness, like I think about the, uh, the football game uh, EA Sports is mm-hmm. trying to come out with, yeah. and – when I was growing up, you knew that like number 15 in the Florida jersey that threw left-handed was Tim Tebow, right? Even though it didn't have his name on the back, you you just – it had his characteristics, and that's what they're fighting for. And so I feel like it's the same thing, that if you use my voice or you use what I created, um, you're going to have to pay me for that. And I just don't know how you track it. Um, you know, if you see it in a movie and you're like, hey, that that's me. And, you know, do you just sue them immediately? Like how, how do you – I don't know how they enforce it. Uh, but I, I feel like that's the way it's going to go. Yeah, I think this is like a similar conversation. So like, uh, did you see back in the day, there was like a trend of like holograms, like Tupac hologram? Yeah. You ever yeah. see that at Coachella? Yeah. <laughs> that was cool, by the way. I don't, I don't know where, what happened to that technology. <laughs> where did it go? <laughs> Tupac came back, never came back again. <laughs> he came back alive. <laughs> um, I don't know what happened. But uh, yeah, man, I think that it's going to be interesting because exactly what you said, is like okay, cool. If you use my likeness, if I die, Carrie Carrie Fisher is that right from yeah, Star Wars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carrie Fisher died. Now she's like AI or you know CGI in in a in a movie, and then she also has speaking dialogues. There is no reason that she does not get paid, and her estate does not get paid. There's no even logic for you to even be able to state that. And I think that also for writers, um, I've saw a really good argument lately that I advocate for which is like these streaming networks, right, are direct-to-consumer. Now, they because they're direct-to-consumer, they don't give their writers or anybody on their show staff any residuals, right? There's no royalties. There's no residuals. That's 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 crazy to me, you know? Like, if you stream a song on Spotify, people are still getting divvied up. They're still getting, Correct. you know, pennies. Maybe it's pennies. They still get money, yep. Yeah. right? And you should get the same thing from Netflix. You should get the same thing from Peacock. You should be getting those same rights as a creator if your work is put in place there so i'm i'm a hundred percent on the writer and the creator side on this well, you know? i think what uh, they're talking about too is like the musicians right if i write a song i get paid my estate continues to get paid or something happens to me that's why they sell their catalog and now somebody yep. else may own my work so I, it's got to come down to something like that i just don't know how you package it you know in a bundle yeah I mean, can yeah, I sell? I think, can I sell my voice and my name and image that somebody would be willing to buy, and then they could put me on whatever they wanted? Well, that seems like there's well, a lot of liability can. out there, right? Like if I end up on a something I don't uh, condone at Target, and I'm like, "Hey, that's my body and my face," and like, well, James Earl Jones licensed his voice, his voice to for Star yep, Wars, so yep. they can use his voice as Darth Vader 
on any project in the future. future. Yep. So, I mean, you can sell so, your voice and likeness or what, I don't know what else. So, so I, I just yeah. think it's going to open up to lawyers making a fistful of money. And maybe those are going to be robotic lawyers that just go in there every day and say, <laughs> you know, I'm here to fight this case again. <laughs> yeah. I, dude, it might be, I don't know. Like, uh, I think that like they do deserve it. Like I don't know. Oh no like, question. No question. I, I, like d- d- if there's no someone had a really good argument. Okay, cool. If the streaming networks right are going direct to consumers, so now they take the credit card directly and they get paid directly. It's not like when we used to produce TV shows, we have to put it on ABC. Now it's commercials. We get back pay, you know, and now we get residuals from the commercials. There are no commercials, but you're still getting direct cons- consumer paid, and you know exactly who's getting streamed and what's happening on that side. So there should be residuals on that side. Now another argument is okay, cool. Now we even have ads. Right? Netflix even has ads now. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're getting subscription, you're getting ads, and it's just become cable all over again. So it's okay. like, why is there no rights? But the, I don't think that talks about the AI side of things, which is like writing. But I'm gonna be, I'm gonna remove myself from this phrase now, and I want to present this question to you guys. Do you think that writers could either use AI or, you know? Um, at, like be against AI. Like, what was your guy? Like, I don't know if you're a film writer in uh, uh, LA and you make movies. Like, what's your relationship with L, uh, with AI? Should you be against it or for it? What do you guys think? But so, I mean, are you gonna go to GBT and say, "Hey, I'm thinking about this movie. I'm thinking that here's the setting. Write it." But well, like, I'm almost thinking about the whole just what you were saying about engineers. Engineers are not going to have to be what they truly are because someone can just go and code or whatever because they don't have to do it. The system does it for them. Yeah. Well, if I don't have to be, I don't have to have this great idea of what this story is going to be about. I can just tell it, hey, write this about this, and it would do it. And then go so, get a copyright I would attorney think you'd be against quickly. <laughs> well, but, I mean, if you listen to, uh, I listen to Nate Bargatze has a podcast. He's a comedian, stand-up comedian, yeah. has a podcast. And they did a little thing with uh, uh, like chat GPTs, like, hey, write uh, three jokes in the voice of Nate Bargatze. And it comes close, but it's still not, you it doesn't have that human yeah. emotion and hit like, you know, it might be a, a cheesy kind of dad joke or something like that. It's but just it, not there yet. It's just not there. Could it be? Yeah, of course. I mean, and, you know, technology is just going to continue to improve. But it's if I'm a writer, I'm going to it's a competitive thing, right? For athletes, uh, uh, working professionals, whatever, that are trying to climb that ladder. I'm not going to let this robot do better than I do. Your jokes aren't going to be as funny as mine. They're not going to hit like mine hit. Or what, you know, a mystery, murder mystery movie that you're going to write, you're not going to have all the plot twists that I can put in there and that I can imagine kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I think they should have some type of oh, 100%. protection. Right? I, I think they what, just got to figure out. What that is, right. I don't know. Yeah. But. I think it, AI, I think it can be good to use. And I would fall on the side of, yes, I think you should, you, you can use it as a tool. Like yeah. me, I could have. I, I would say I'm somewhat creative. Like I'm not super creative. Like out, like some people are just, you know, just 100%. That's all that, you know, they're just super creative. I mean, anything they think is like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. So I, mean, I can have a good idea, but I can't put the pen to paper and write all the conversations. That, I, that part I'm not, I could practice and make better. But then when I have this tool that can do that for me, like, look, here's the idea. I came up with this entire concept I've got characters i've got story arc here i just need you to write the in between the like kind of like the filler 
what's the difference in that in like what Zuckerberg did with, you know, stealing the idea, right? It's like we we do that as a society now. It's just who can be the front runner to get there to get lock it up under my name yeah. before somebody else does it. Like I think it's good to use as a tool to do that. And I think I think it'll come down to, you know, I'm going to see a movie and this person um was it was all his imagination. And it's gonna be presented that way. Like, look, this is a feature film from Christopher Nolan and it was at, came out of his mind, his mind only. And then you'll have another one over here. And this is a film by so-and-so that he used AI to help write it, but they can still be equally good movies. They can uh, coexist. Yeah. yeah no they can coexist. I think it's going to, I think it's going to be used as a tool. Um, yeah. Once it gets there, like, like, like you said, yeah. right now it's, it's flat, but it will eventually get there. Before you go, I, I want if if you know or if you would suggest something like what you did with Bitcoin, if in today on whatever day we are, July the twenty sixth, if you had the opportunity to invest in what, what are you what are you doing today? Oh, good question. Good question. Um, okay, and I, and I don't want to hear selfless. <laughs> oh, man. that would have been a really good plug come on Ryan let me tell you I'm throwing five dollars your way tonight <laughs> let me check in crypto I honestly um, I know this sounds crazy but uh, I, I was day trading super heavy with uh, NFTs and, and crypto for a good while for like the last you know I don't know, a couple months, like, uh, not, not all day, every day, but I was doing it consistently. But since I've been like on the road, uh, I've, I actually sold everything. I have no crypto today. Oh, it's still in cryptos, USDC. I've stabled up, which is kind of crazy, which is not normal for me. Um, but all right, let me, let me give you a prediction right here. So Bitcoin today is at $29,375. Okay. My prediction is that it actually might fall back down to 24 for a little bit. Maybe it'll, uh, I think so. I don't know. I've been watching the highs. I've been looking to find a moment to jump in. But I think in terms of a long-term trajectory, let's say six months from now, it so, will go So up. the new year. I think, oh yeah, dude. So every year, if you look at this historically, every year, December and January do phenomenally well for crypto. So let's say today, uh, Bitcoin's at $29,000. Um, I do suspect it will be a lot higher at the time of January or December. That's also why, you know, I have a lot of projects that we want to kind of put out by that time because the capital markets, I think, oh, oh, oh big prediction right here. <laughs> so I guess they already said it today, but um, I don't think there's a recession coming. I thought people were, people are like, oh, there's a recession coming. There's a recession coming. I don't think they'll rechart. Like, like the NASDAQ was like negative last year, you know, 2022, right? Like, you know, that's how you kind of see if there's a recession, right? If you look at uh, historically, election years always do pretty good, right? There's not been any uh, outside of 2008 in the like the last 20 years, there haven't been any negative years to an election year. So if we use that logic and we look at like the charts, okay, this is going to be an election year. 2024 will be a great year for stocks. In crypto i think it's i'm calling it now i think it's going to be a great year and also i think we are marking the bottom of real estate now today it's a seller's market today even though interest rates are high but historically they're not that high right compared to like the 90s 80s etc so i think also right now we are marking the bottom of real estate uh crash 
Uh, and I think that a real estate will rebound. I don't think office rebounds, but I think great uh, retail is going to do phenomenally well. Single family, even in you know places like San Diego, are doing phenomenally well. So I think today is a marker of the bottom. And if we do this in six months from now, we will be in a whole different economy. And I think that we'll be back close back to the bull market. I don't know if it's a bull market. We'll see. <laughs> Hopefully it's a bull market. Uh, but I think we'll be in a whole different position six months from now. So I've put some longs in, you know. <laughs> that's what I like to hear. I hate shorts. Come on. Dude, I lost me. more money on shorts. Oh, my gosh. That's, uh, I, I'm done with shorts. I'm done. It's all long yeah, from dude, here on out. <laughs> dude, I can't do shorts anymore. I, dude, it's like I, betting January, on people to fail. Yeah, I hate it. It's, it's, <laughs> I've always, and I've always failed. So it's like, <laughs> it's what you it's get. It's like karma for being a <laughs> yeah, It really is, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, we're we're okay. going to short so, Ty Dean stock. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's true. It's like the inverse Kramer on the Twitter. inverse Kramer. <laughs> yes. Dude, is that, isn't that a real ETF fund? Yes, yeah, it right? is. Yes. You can, yeah. yeah, and it's and it's, it's performed like actually well. very well. Very well. Like, <laughs> like over 10%. Like oh, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. It's like way over. All right. Well, bull market 2024. All right. I'm writing it down. We're calling it now. <laughs> Let's go. I mean, we can we can keep going. We got, I don't even know if we hit the tip of the okay, iceberg. No. Zach didn't even well, get to his magazine. I, 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 over here. Look at this. Like When we talked, when yeah. we were in Vegas, this this comes right here. All the talk about AI. I just all about I, it. So we'll have to do this again. We'll just, I mean, we're over an no, hour. No, no, no. Okay, do, are we are we cutting it? Or yeah, are we I mean, if you got go? something to say, we'll keep it rolling, man. Go ahead. I just didn't know like where you thought AI would go as as an investment. Do you think um, so? Like this magazine breaks out like GPT. It breaks out um, conversational or robotics, machine learning. If you were right now today, which one of those takes off the quickest and the soonest? Like, do you think robotics? Or obviously, I think the GPT thing is gaining some momentum, certainly from when we first talked about it last February, um, because then I've got a list and I, I find it funny that everybody's trying to get out an ETF that tracks them, right? So like, yeah. hey, I want, you know, just in the last month, Fidelity, BlackRock and Invesco all come out with a Bitcoin ETF that tracks it, right? Because, hey, yep. I want to try to figure out a way where you don't have to buy the coin, but it tracks it point for point. So, you know, people's 401ks can get into it. Um so there's robotics ETFs too. And I just didn't know if I was going to play AI, what space would you be in? Uh, public markets, non-public markets. Public. Okay. Public markets. So now if we're looking at the stocks, right, I guess NVIDIA is on top of it. Let's be real here. The, but it's also important to understand why NVIDIA is important. Do you guys know why NVIDIA is important? That's the, the, the biggest chip, probably the best chip maker that's out there, right? So, I mean, I don't right. care if you go from a gaming console concept or VR, like we were talking about earlier, I think they are the, between them, Microsoft, Google, and Apple, I think those are the players. Yeah. Well, essentially, you need a, a chip, like a, a, it's called a GPU, okay? And a bit, NVIDIA makes the best GPUs. And you must use a GPU to train a machine learning model or a deep learning or computer vision model, okay? So essentially, anytime that you have an AI company or an AI product or an AI model, it will be need, it needs to run on a GPU. You can't even run it. So if you are uh, a software engineer, okay? Now, if you have a machine learning model, which is just an AI model, which just means like it's software code for um, machine learning and AI, you have to essentially run it on a GPU in the cloud. And that essentially means AWS, which is Amazon uh, Web Services, or Google Cloud um, Platform, or even Microsoft Azure, these technologies 
have to run this model and that they're using NVIDIA chips to run these models, okay? So it's a hardware game. So when you see like a lot of these AI companies raising a hundred million dollars, it's not because the company uh, is worth the hundred million dollars these days. It's because the compute for the models to run these models costs so much because the chips that it's running them. So NVIDIA stock is great because the chips, right? You have to run the models regardless. So I would say NVIDIA is great because you have to run the models. So if AI is going to be here, every single model is going to be run on NVIDIA chips on the GPU. Second side of things would be like, like Amazon, uh, Google, or Microsoft because they have the cloud services. So machine learning is not going to go anywhere. Uh, computing is not going to go anywhere. Like AWS, Google Cloud Platform, and then uh, Azure, which is owned by Microsoft, you're going to need those three platforms. So it goes those, it's definitely NVIDIA, Microsoft, Google, uh, and then Amazon, Essentials. Those are your tools, your picky access, right? Um, so I think in the public markets, you can't really go wrong with those. And also, AI is going to be a very expensive game. You're not going to see a lot of like small startups come up and just become the next Microsoft out of space because guess what? The compute. Who controls the compute? Microsoft, Google, uh, and Amazon. Okay, it's a very expensive game to play. There's not going to be a lot of winners on Wall Street when it comes to software. So you're better off playing with the big players here. Let the venture capital firms that kind of burn their money on. Well, I mean, even even the VCs startups. though that like find the 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 diamond in the rough. Who do you think is going to be there? Like with Apple's cash flow to say, I'll just buy them, and now yeah. I, now I have the technology, right? So like, if there's any yeah. small winners. I think the big guys will come in and purchase them. So, Absorb. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fast. Right. I think Anthropic was one that's getting uh uh FTX funded it and now they're getting like uh, absorbed right now. Like like dude, like it's that's the game. And I think there won't be a lot more of these actually. I think that uh because dude, AI or like Google's teams, I don't know if this is like Google's machine learning data scientists and AI team, like bro, they have the best people in the world. They might be lagging right now, but rest assured, they have the best people from every top school, top machine learning publications. They're going to come out and kill it. So I would, I wouldn't, I think they're a sleeping giant that no one's looking at right now. Everybody's like, oh, GPT is going to kill Google. Maybe they kill the search engine, but they will not kill their AI team. So um, I think AI from Google is going to be something that we're going to see and be amazed by, hopefully. Or it really sucks. <laughs> that could be wrong. But, uh, <laughs> but again, you still say stick with the big four. Big, big, big. Yeah, the big players only. Okay. What else? Is that it? What are you guys thinking? That's that was happened. a two-man conversation for some of that. <laughs> I mean, that was... Dude, I've never bought a stock before. I know this kind of crazy. I've only bought crypto. I've never bought a stock. You need a better advisor. <laughs> <laughs> I might buy a stock now. I might just have to listen to my friend. You want me to show you what I got on uh, Robinhood? Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Tell me it. you tell me you own all those. That would be awesome. Uh, no, I, I don't. What what are they? Nvidia, no. Google, Microsoft, Apple. Uh, Apple, Google. I think that's it. That's fifty percent. That's that's solid. And you buy some Nvidia. Yeah. I've got Broadcom, not Nvidia. Yeah. yeah. Invi- well. The thing is, like, no one thinks like Nvidia is like a sexy company, right? Like, no one's like, oh yeah, like Nvidia. You know what I mean? Well, that's but that's what that's the thing that's always like. I mean, you talk about put it into a sports analogy, like you had the um, what movie Moneyball. Mm -hmm. It's about the A's when they were not the sexy team, but they were the best team in baseball. They assembled the best team. Yeah, Yeah, right. And so, like, you look at a stock like that that's not the coolest. It's kind of boring, but it's the one that you said everybody else needs the big players need to do what they're doing. 
And if so it, that's if it's what's making gonna, money. It's not boring. Yeah. And then that's yep. what's going to carry their stock price way higher than it is right now. Yeah. I mean, who got rich in the gold rush, right? It was like the people who sold the axes in the picks, right? It was not like the actual miners themselves. So I think the same thing is happening. Uh, I, dude, I don't know why. Wait, why do they not have competitors? Uh, we'll see. Well, probably yeah. what you said, right? The barrier, barrier to entry costs so much money. I mean, yeah. and they're, they're already on the top of the food chain. I mean, yeah. And and then they probably own the supply chain. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And then that, well, then that contributes to well, okay, this one did slip through the cracks, but okay, we'll just buy them. We'll buy them. Anyway. And take it off the market. Yeah. Yep. Take it off the market, yeah. or we'll take there and just hey, work for us. Yeah. You know. Ryan, I know you're nah. busy, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. I I appreciate you guys. I wish I was in studio for this, but uh, yeah, man. I literally uh been on the road, but this is like a good 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 time, and I'm excited to kind of update you guys within the next couple months about this. We got we got to do this at Darren's place. Let's try to make that happen. Oh, right. If you if you set it up, we'll be there. <laughs> I'll make it happen. Make you got to you got to get to Nashville too. Get some yeah. hot chicken. Hot chicken. Yeah. Oh my yeah, goodness. I, got you. <laughs> I need to go talk to my team. I got to find out if we can do a robot for like Nashville hot chicken. Oh. <laughs> Final thought right there. Robot Nashville hot chicken. Let's go. That's it. Well guys, I appreciate you um, you know Always love doing this. Always love doing this. Well, we like to end every episode with a Bible verse, and this one right. I think fits the bill today. This is Proverbs twenty-two, twenty-nine. Do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. Nice. I think that's it. Yeah. I mean, we talked about being brave, going out, meeting people, right. doing all that kind of stuff. If you got the skill, you're going to be in front of kings. Check that out. I love that. That's but, beautiful. Uh, I needed that. <laughs> we're, we're going to do this again from Baron Davis's uh, studio That's mecca. Right. And uh, yeah, it'll be cool. But Selfless Ventures, be on the lookout for them. Lots of cool things they're going to have coming your way. And uh, yeah, we might break the news right here. But Ryan, thanks again, man. It's Absolutely. been a blast. Yeah, dude. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you so much. Uh, I think next time, uh, I know it's just closes off. Uh, I do want to talk about more about some spiritual stuff next time too. I really like think that praying to God is like a cheat code to life. Like I think it's uh, the number one thing that people need to like implement daily. So I appreciate that Bible verse at the end. And I'm really excited about the next time we do this, guys. Ryan, I appreciate it, man. We'll talk soon. Of course. Zach, <laughs> Ty, uh, Ryan. See you later. We'll talk soon. Have a good one. <laughs> yeah, see you, see you guys. Well, obviously you all know. We love you, but God loves you more. See you next week. We hope you're enjoying GPS to God. Rate, review, and subscribe across every platform you use. Help us spread the word by telling your friends and family to watch, listen, and subscribe.